Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. This is episode 398. Follow me, fucko. <laughs> It'll make more sense when we talk about the Heels episode. So, but yes. it was a line from Heels this week, uh, last week in, in episode two, <clears throat> and I really liked it. And I was like, when I heard it, I said, that is the podcast title right there. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's Here we great. Are. Um, and obviously it's going to be edited in the word on the title, but um, anyway, Daryl, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, uh, it's the end of the work week. Fun. <sighs> Preseason in. football starts. Well, I mean, technically started last week, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice day out, lovely day out. It is. It is lovely. So it's just a perfect day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Train. One of my, one of my favorite, actually favorite, uh, PlayStation commercials. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, well, cool. All right. So we've got some news bites this week. We're going to talk about Captain Kirk. Um, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman three. <laughs> or um. And we've got some Dave Portnoy news, which, um, if you don't know, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, and then we're going to quickly review episode two of Heels and episode five of Justified City Primeval. Um, all right, you ready to hop right into it? Let's get in. Okay. Um, so, Captain Kirk. Uh, so, all of our, most of our, actually, all three of our news bites came from Variety because there was just, like it all stemmed from the Wonder Woman news, and then I found things that were interesting. Um, so apparently, Timothy Oliphant was in the running to play Captain Kirk in the Jar Jar Abrams Star Trek movies. Yeah, which one thing I did not know. I did not know that either. Um, I think he'd have been actually. I think he'd have been a really good Captain Pike. Better than I Bruce, think he'd been better than Bruce Greenwood. I like Bruce Greenwood as Pike. I, I mean, think he was fine. You yeah, know. I think as far as Kirk would go, Kirk would have been a little bit less silly with. Uh, Olafant. Oh, Oliphant would have definitely. Although I would have, I like you know the whole time where he's like um, when when Greenwood or Pine whatever asks him, "Are you happy being the only genius level offender, multiple multiple offender in the Midwest?" And he goes, "Maybe I love it." Like that would have been amazing coming out of Tim, Timothy Oliphant. I yeah. did. I love that line. Anyway, That's I missed great. that. Like the first three times I saw that movie, I missed it. Yeah. So um, we talked, we talked, you and I didn't talk about it. We've talked about that on this podcast before. Um, but no, um, Timothy Oliphant was up for it. And, uh, you know, JJ was like, hey, yeah, like, we like you. You're good. You'd probably be great at the role. And um, he went in to audition for Bones. Um, Oliphant did. And um, Jar Jar was like, I already got, I already got someone for, for, for bones, but, uh, I, but I don't have a, I don't have a Kirk. And, uh, so he went through that and everything. And then eventually he got the call from, from Jar Jar and he said, Hey, I, I'm having a hard time finding somebody younger. Like, you know, maybe this is going to happen. And then he, he gets the call from Jar Jar. I found a younger guy. I found a guy younger who's really good. And that meant Chris Pine. Um, and then Timothy Oliphant in this interview, it was on, um, the happy, sad, confused podcast went on to talk about like just how nice 
Chris Pine is and, and how they actually get along and, and how he met. And he's like, you know, a big fan. And, you know, uh, I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I, again, it's, I love Chris Pine as, as Kirk, but I do to too. your point, I, I, I think he, like Oliphant would have been excellent. It just, it would have been a different Kirk, just like he would have been a little bit different as Pike, but I think he would, he actually would have, I don't know if he was. Now imagine, imagine if they Pike. have Oliphant as George Kirk instead of Chris Hemsworth. And then Oliphant bulks up, becomes Thor. <laughs> <laughs> or which is this the like eight eight five universe? <laughs> Maybe yeah. Earth eight eight five. So yeah, he he bulks up, becomes Thor. He rides his motorcycle, um, trying to jump it to get away from the house in the woods and hits the the force field and dies. Um, and him Hemsworth becomes Raylan Givens. Oh no, that wouldn't. I don't. I don't think that would work. I, I don't think Justify <laughs> would have gone beyond two seasons. So I don't I don't think uh, Hemsworth has the same chemistry with Walton Goggins that that Oliphant did. But well, no, I just I thought, mean in this universe he absolutely would have. He might it, have. You're it right. actually would have gone like eight seasons. Eight and, seasons. Yeah, I mean so. six. Let's be honest. Like I love Justified, but six was pushing it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think most shows should five seasons is yeah. perfect. Well, I think if you you pull out that weird third season, like. It's it's got a solid five seasons in there mm-hmm. for Justified at least, uh, but yeah no I, I just thought this was some really good like feel good news that I, I kind of liked and um, you know I just liked it and, and wanted to share it because he's one of my favorite actors and thinking about what it'd been like to have an older Kirk even there was uh, would be interesting because I mean that was what two thousand eight so we're coming up on twenty five years we're at twenty five years right. 25 years for her for the jj abrams star trek 15 15 years sorry oh yeah 15 sorry um i was like, like wait a minute is this so Olafan is 55 so he'd have been 40 i mean that still would have been like pushing it for kirk so um but yeah, uh, the, yeah. it would have been interesting so um i wonder I if they would have changed the story up a little bit yeah i didn't realize he was 55 i mean yeah he looks great so uh all right Let's move on to the next story because we are going to jetpack through the, uh, the news here. Uh, <laughs> so last week, Gal Gadot came out, Godot, however you say it, came out and was like, James Gunn is doing Wonder Woman 3. And the, the collector sphincter of the internet just went, <laughs> um, like, what? <laughs> what is happening here? There, you, you got rid of Henry Cavill, but you're keeping Gal Gadot, Godot? Um, what, what, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. And and she was, it was an interview that happened weeks ago before the writer's strike where she had talked about it and that, that this had happened. She was, um, doing a promotion for her, um, spy thriller on Netflix, Heart of Stone that came out today. Um, but, but yeah, so then DC studios, put out a, a statement like, um, yeah, no. I don't, I, again, they just I, can't I like, I'm not laughing at her. I'm laughing at the fact that this is the same exact shit that is happening at Disney, especially Lucasfilm. This is the same exact shit that happened under Zack Snyder. This is just like, like 
Warner Brothers and DC are so far apart on the same page that it's not even funny. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, it's like th- this is dead. Like the DC studio is dead on arrival. Um, the fact that you've got Zolo out there trying to get people to go see Blue Beetle saying like, if you all go see it, we're going to be a part of the D- the new DCU. And you have the, the, the director out there who is like doubling down on all the, the shit that he, he said earlier in the year with, uh, you know, um, you know, about like, if you don't like the, the line or, you know, the line about calling Batman a fascist, don't go to the movie. Um, his whole thing about how he, uh, cause he protected his tweets, but he is tweeting about Donald Trump should be killed and shit like that. Like, you know, this, this movie is, is not like blue beetle. I mean, it's trending to make oh. like $17 million. It's going to bomb. Yeah, so and I, which sucks I, I because it, it, I yeah yeah sorry go ahead you like I don't know much about the character but I know you like the character I yeah mean, we both like Zolo and it looks you know this is the thing and we talked about this I think a while ago when when we first saw the trailer it, it what he says about Batman could absolutely be fine as far as the character goes and in the context of the scene that is not something you don't put in the that, trailer. It, you don't put that in the trailer. You don't put that in the trailer. Just it's just idiotic that you put something like that in the trailer with no context, knowing where DC and film and, and superhero films in general have been because of their ideologies of these writers and directors and stuff. Right. It it just shows an absolute lack of of, of intelligence and in taking the temperature in the room, so mm-hmm. to speak. Correct. Yeah, it's just and, ridiculous. It, it's just, and you know, going back to the Gal Gadot thing, the lack of a clear message, because even, and again, I don't care that they say that Gunn has the reins. He has not even given us clear messages of what's going on. He said this is going to be, you know, a Superman movie, you know, straight, strictly Superman, mm-hmm. you know, obviously paraphrasing. But then you have all these other characters being thrown in. Right. Right. It, it, it's, it's, they can't get out of their own way. And again, no. Superman Legacy could be an excellent film. It absolutely could be. But I'm not giving, as, as well as he did with Guardians, there is a bigger, I would say there is a uh, bigger proof uh, in the pudding as far as what DC has not done correctly. And again, even if he's in charge, there are still the idiot executives yeah. that are probably going to do some meddling and screw shit up. So, well, and the I other had, thing too, to your point, as good as he was at Guardians, which was Marvel, and had Kevin Feige as the overall vision, like, mm-hmm. sure. Um, there's a su- uh, the Suicide Squad shaped hole, and any argument that like James Gunn is the right person for this job at this point. Yeah, I. Because that I movie, just... that movie was not good. No, I, I didn't. I, I there are scenes I liked, but overall, I so, didn't like it. the 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 only good line was when. Um, oh wait, no, there weren't any good lines. Like, there's nothing memorable yeah. about that movie. I, I mean, no, other I mean, than I th- other than a guy in a rubber starro suit. Yeah, dude, that was one of the worst things I've seen in a movie. Uh, a movie of that caliber. Yeah, it was. Awesome. Although it I did awful. like Idris Elba playing. You know, I love Idris Elba. Leon. 
No oh, cap, as him playing Deadshot, lo- but not Deadshot. Well, I love him playing an original character. Oh, yeah. That's so. not seen in a Suicide Squad movie before. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just... I, Again, this is just a part... Just It's just another example of them not being able to get out of their way. Their yeah. own way. None whatsoever. But anyway, yeah. It, I mean, whatever. It, it, it is what it is at, at this point, but... Um, you know, and, and it's it's just like what they did to Henry Cavill, right? They're like, oh, you're coming back for mm-hmm. Superman, and he go ahead and announce it, and then they're like, oh, about that, yeah, it's not gonna happen, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, the so the the DC DC universe is definitely or DC Studios is DOA as far as I'm concerned. Um, all right, mm-hmm. moving on, Dave Portnoy. All right, if you don't know Dave Portnoy, he was the original owner of Barstool Sports. He is the creator of the One Bite, One Bite Pizza Review. Um, One Bite, everybody knows the rules. Um, as he continues to take three bites before he rates anything, which is great. Sometimes he eats the whole slice, um, <laughs> which I love. Um, and, and actually, the One Bite Pizza, which you can get like at your grocery store now, is pretty good. And they have bagel bites. Ooh, bagel bites. Yeah, they're I so good. Love bagel bites. So, uh, Dave Portnoy paid $1 to buy Barstool Sports back from Penn Entertainment. Um, and Penn Entertainment will take up to $850 million in charges related to the disposable of the business. So just like Warner Brothers took however, whatever, what it was like $40 million, $80 million to charge off the Batgirl movie. Like this is essentially what, what Penn Entertainment did. Um, and, and honestly, it's like it's a nice little bit of financial like tomfoolery so Penn sold 100% of outstanding shares of Barcel Sports to Dave Portnoy in exchange for nominal cash consideration which was a dollar he bought it for a dollar so I'll buy that for a dollar right and certain non-compete and other restrictive uh, covenants the company disclosed in their 10Q filing on Wednesday which all this is coming out because of all the like the end of the quarter um Penn said in the filing that the deal with Portnoy for Barstool will resort in a pre-tax non-cash loss of between $800 million and $850 million, inclusive of $705 million to $720 million in goodwill and intangible assets write-offs related to the disposal of the business to be incurred in the third quarter of 2023. Um, so that is September uh, or what? August, September, October. Um, I mean, this is just like, this is amazing. Like, um, yeah. So it says also Penn has the right to receive 50% of the gross proceeds received by Portnoy in any subsequent sale or other monetization event of Barstool. Portnoy said on Tuesday, he will never sell Barstool, which is funny. Um, But Penn had to do this because they made a deal with ESPN to, um, replace the barstool sports book um with espn bet which is the espn sports book which is at like the hollywood casinos and and, in places like that um and and part of the reason is they got denied gambling licenses partly because of portnoy um which is just hilarious to think about (laughs) so um yeah i mean it was it was uh 
It was pretty good. There's one comment on this article from Variety from someone named Sammy Glick. It says he's still a loser. How is he a loser? He just got a multi, he got he got a hundred of millions dollar of dollars worth of equity in a company for a dollar. Yeah. So now Dave Hornoy is like a controversial figure, like like you know politically, whichever side you're on, you can probably claim him part of the time. But I mean, he's just his own dude. He's kind of a dirtball. Like he's kind of a womanizer. He, but he's hilarious. And and Barstool, Barstool used to be great. I mean, Barstool was an an awesome, awesome, awesome brand. And then um, he originally sold it. And then I'm I'm really looking forward to see what this kind of like saltier version of Portnoy is going to do. Um, especially after hiring back, I I think his name was Minzy. I don't I don't remember. Um, yeah. The a uh, a uh, 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 contributor who was rapping along with the song right mm-hmm. and then said yo a naughty word that you're not supposed to say um even though he was rapping along to the song that was saying it so yeah which anyway. I, again i i thought that was so like, anytime somebody gets people try to cancel somebody for doing that i you know what kick yep. rocks people kick rocks so. That's the nicest way to say it. I wanted to say something else that yeah. had to do with traffic and you know dropping a bowling ball on your head from fifty. Yeah, I do. I do look forward to the return of uh, stool stories up. But yeah, you know, I'll I'll stick yeah. with the kick rocks. Yeah, I, I look forward to the return of stool presidente. Um, so and in the uh, the hostage video esque announcements that he's so famous for. Um, <laughs> It was like uh, the Michael Scott video when he's like, you have 24 hours <laughs> in, in the office. Um, but yeah, like even the announcement and he had the, the flag behind him and everything, like the barstool flag behind him. And it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to add to that one? Nah, I just think it's good. It'll be an interesting development to see. Because again, you're right. With Portnoy, I appreciate him because he says what he, you know, he usually says what he's thinking doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. You know, there's many things I've agreed with and other things I didn't. But guess what? I can get down with that. As, again, as long as you're not simping not to be canceled, as long as you're saying what you really believe and not doing it for you know, woke points or virtue signaling, mm-hmm. I don't care if I disagree with you or not. You know, as long as you're fighting for the same thing for everybody else, you're fine with me. Yeah, as long as you're offending yeah. everyone, we're, we're on the same yeah. page. So Yeah, right. Family cool. guy. Or, or, for example, yes. perfect example. All right. Let's move on to Heels. Uh, season two, episode two. Um, so we'll do that. We'll knock out the rating. So out of five team ups with your worst enemies, what do you give this one? <laughs> I give it a 3.65. Nice. Uh, I'm just going to go a straight 3.5. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so it's called uh, The Journey is the Obstacle. Um is that right? Oh, I spelled obst- uh, obstacle wrong. Um, anyway, so the journey is the obstacle. Uh, again, directed by Peter Seagal. This one was written by Michael O'Malley, Patrick Parrot, Peru, Peru, and uh, Michael Waldron. Can't believe Michael Waldron is writing good stuff. Um, and in this one, Ace starts his journey with his uh to what he hopes is his spiritual re- awakening 
Um, let's just talk about Ace first. Let's like go through Ace's whole like arc here, right? He's on the road. We know he's a bad singer from the first season. Singing along with the radio, just kind of doing whatever, smoking, deleting text messages, all that. And then he hits. Uh, he he he's in a gas station, and Ace and gas stations have a horrible relationship, <laughs> right? Just a horrible relationship. Uh, he he's trying to get the, the get, get the key to the bathroom. The guy's like, "You got to buy something." He's like, "I bought one at Gas and Save four hours ago," and he's like, "Well, great, but that's not my Gas and Save, so you got to buy something." And you know, just kind of the back and forth. And he goes out and does what Ace does and makes situations worse. Yes. Um, although I did like how like the restraint of the the gas station owner with the bat, how he just tapped it. Like he, he very easily could have gone up and just like clocked him in the back of the head and left him laying in a, a puddle of his own, of his own pee. Well, th- that would have been extremely over the top and overkill as well. Ooh, Although I was, I was more surprised with Ace in, in fact, and his restraint. That's what I thought you were yeah. going to say with restraint oh. because especially the you know like as they said you know they said it before ace he tends to run hot mm-hmm. and he did not attack the guy as i thought he would well which shows the guy was holding a baseball bat well i mean before that yeah and again pretty sure a guy like ace could have taken the guy even with a baseball bat i don't know but you never know yeah but that i mean that's not the point the point is his growth from season one to this point here. Oh, the, the growth where he goes out in the middle of the day and just pees in the parking lot. Yeah. That's well, no, just massive, about, you know massive growth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. So, um, like that. Yeah. And again, he, he's, he's one of those guys that it's funny because I, I, one thing I said, he's growth, but at the same time, he hasn't fully grown up and, we don't see that as yeah he's peeing in the park whatever. I'm talking about his his tendency to get more violent with things. Yes, yeah, you know, that's what okay, we saw okay. like yeah. last season. I mean that was clear, but at the same time that doesn't mean he still has some growing to do. Right, the way he handled you know he just leaves you know he he leaves. We I mean obviously we get this in the first episode with you know after everything after the re- revelations in the finale of season one, he doesn't stay to talk. He just right. leaves and goes. Yeah. He just took off. So, yeah, you can absolutely have a lot of growth, but still, if you have if you start it from way behind, you still have a lot to do, and he still has a lot to do. It's almost I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, getting that trying to find peace in his little <laughs> little uh, you know off the cuff hike, you know, knowing that he's never hiked in his life or does <sighs> it that obviously had no idea what he was doing. Well, when he goes to the sporty goods store, right? It, it's just yes. like, do, do, do you have a raincoat? And the guy's like, yeah, you probably should buy some hiking boots and, and a sleeping bag. And it gets really cold up there. So, you know, just, you're right. It was, he was like a babe in the woods. And Pun intended. So, yeah. And he gets himself in trouble. Yeah. No, do I'm you, not gonna... Okay, so here, here's my question. Like at the end, so he like at the end of the episode, something happens, and again, like I think you said, you're not going to spoil it, so I won't. Right. 
Um, do you think he came to the realization listening to, to Jack's voicemail that like, okay, I want to go back? Or is this the slice of humble pie he really, really needed? I think it's a little bit of both, okay. honestly, because it, there was a change in him. I mean, just you know, watching him, listening to the voicemail. But also, I think he also deserved, he, not deserved, but he needed to experience what he did. Yeah. As again, because finding himself out in the middle of nowhere, I'll just say alone and not 100 percent, you know, sort of injured. Mm hmm. And then he and it's then combining that with the message, it's like, oh, my brother, you know, as he did a shitty thing, which there's no doubt uh, Jack did a shitty thing, but he he ha he also has my back. Yeah. And being in the situation, you know, pouting as he was, you know, this whole drive. You know what? That's sh that should be a wake up call. It's like, right. you know what? Uh, it, it sucks what he did and I'm pissed off. But I also know he has my back. Mm -hmm. He he volunteered to run naked with in the streets with a pumpkin head. Or, right. So yeah, so. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty interesting um, with with all of that. So all right, let's move on to Crystal. So like we're gonna talk about Crystal, then we'll talk about like Jack, um, and I think that's pretty good. Right. That's why yeah. this episode goes. So Crystal comes in and. Like she's got her belt and she meets with Bobby and they're walking in and then she finds out that Jack is going to do a technicality and take the belt from her. Um, and she, and this is where the follow me fucko comes from. So she, she gets upset. She follows Jack out of the ring into the hallway and then like lays into him essentially. And um, he's like, you're on the roster now. Like what else? Like what more do you want? Like you're on the roster. Like just trust me. Trust the process. And he walks away. And then Willie comes in. I'm really liking what what they're doing with Willie this season, in relation to Crystal, compared to last yes. year. Because last right. year she yeah. was like, "You are literally just a fuck doll." Yeah, I I, I like that the change we've seen thus yeah. far. And she actually needed that. You know, they say come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Because Willie did not hold back with her no. but it wasn't it wasn't in a tearing her down way no absolutely it wasn't a way of like you need to hear this if you want to be what you say you want to be mm -hmm. if you want to work you need to hear this and you need to understand yeah can you do a 10 minute match can you do a 15 minute match can you do a 30 yeah. minute match that, that's what you need and i loved at the end of that conversation it was like all right now you just sit here for like 10 minutes and think about what you did yeah <laughs> it's like such a mom move right um but, but yeah, and then and then we get like the great montage of of Crystal putting in the work, mm -hmm. like and again like the way they're treating her like yeah we knew she was an athlete from the way she was in the first season and, and the things that we saw, but like having her put in the work having her like you know okay I can do better I, let's go again like that that's my favorite kind of thing in a training montage where it's like okay like. Mm -hmm. I think I got that, but let's go. Let's let's do it one more time. Let's do it two more times. Let's do it ten more times. Right. Um, and, and and so seeing seeing that was really was really a good part of her character progression. Um, you know, you had Wild Bill in the background, kind of advocating for her um, to to Jack and and 
you know, working with Jack to really understand how to, how to capitalize on the momentum that they had coming out of the fair with Crystal and with Crystal as champ. Um, and then the match that they did one, I'm, I'm really happy they did another ladder match for it. Um, because that was like, it was going to be really hard to believe that she was going to beat up Jack and wild bill. Yeah. Um, but then she took Wild Bill out immediately, which was a really like just like as far as like a, a wrestling booking thing goes, that was a that was really cool. Um, and then he was taken out on the stretcher, only to to return at one point, um, like like you do, uh, <laughs> like you do, yeah. But like the stuff with her and Jack was really good. I, I think you know they did a, they did a really good job making her believable. Um, not believable that she's gonna like walk up to to you know, five ten Stephen and Mellon and kick the crap out of him. But like believable in the professional wrestling sense. Right. It's and still real to me, that- man. <laughs> but uh I can't you know, I should probably replace the the How dare you with, with that. <laughs> um <laughs> but just the the it was really cool. And then the way she uh it was that like Jeff Hardy move where he was hanging on to the belt, the belt, and the way she won it was really, really cool. And I'm not spoiling anything, letting you know she won it, but I'm not going to tell you how she won it. Um, yes, I, I thought I thought that was great. Um, yeah, it, it, it was that was very well booked. Yes, and I, I liked how Bill came to Jack and said, "Hey, don't waste me." You know, yeah. think about all the experience I have. I have some ideas, and he just says ideas. Some of them are pretty damn good. And he hands him so, the book. The book was great. That was a nice touch, right? And then after the match, he was like, "You just put over a hundred pound, hundred one pound girl, um, <laughs> like that. You, you're, you, you're learning. You're, you know, you've got this. Like, and and I'm excited to see the maturation of their relationship, probably more than anything. Yeah." Um, because I want to see Jack grow, mainly because, like, you know, the, he is the secondary ML, but I still really like him. So, yeah. Um, I mean, the Apex Predator ML is obviously Robbie, but um, <laughs> it'd be great if Robbie showed up at some point as a wrestler. Oh, that would be awesome. So, that'd be so awesome. And he's just like towering over Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Jack. So so we we find Stacy at the beginning of the episode. She's out for a run. She's calendar update and she calls Jack and she's like, "Hey, what's this meeting?" He's like, "Oh my god, it got moved to the 11th." And she's like, "Hey, dipshit, today's the 11th." And then watching him <laughs> rush was hilarious. Um that, that was gr- that was like great. The toothbrush. <laughs> the um like Emmy Award for for best use of a toothbrush in a scene that wasn't a prison shank goes to Stephen Amell. Um, but yeah, him rushing through and like I, I I liked what they did with the dialogue where she's like, oh well, you're the best salesman there. They love you, and he's like, I missed a lot of time. I'm on thin ice. Like I gotta, yeah. you know. And and I I think that that was really a good way to just show kind of where he is and then their communication after her still living with her friend and with Thomas and um, then the two of them having to go to the school, which yeah. uh, it's very apparent how far apart Jack 
and Stacey are ideologically. Yeah. Um, I I feel like Stacy. If Jack wasn't there, Stacy would have been like, "Yeah, just school, do whatever. I trust you." And Jack's like, "I'm not raising my kid to be a pussy." Yeah, and, I yeah. absolutely love that scene for that reason. For mm-hmm. because watching him talk to her, he's like, D- "Look, I'm trying. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that." And and you basically you're not giving me anything, mm-hmm. like. I said what I said because I, and again, it's one of those things where, and you know, we keep up with some current day news and how school systems are. And hell, even when my mom was a teacher, there were instances of, of students defending themselves and then getting in trouble with, uh, because they were trying to, and that was like 30 years ago, but it, and it's even worse now. And i like that Jack stood up because this is you're you're absolutely right. She would have just smiled and nodded and said whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say, school board, whatever, right. whatever, whatever. It's fine. it's fine with me. And you can't. And again, you have to stand up, even when it's uncomfortable, what you believe. Right. And I saw what I saw within in his performance and his you know the what he gave her in that in that scene. It's I think it's 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 not overselling it to say a lot of guys in society now feel that way. It's like, I'm constantly getting attacked by things. I'm trying to stand up and then I just get continue, get shut down. Yeah. And it he did such a good job and the way she played off of it too, mm-hmm. I thought was very well, well done too. Yeah. It, it, and, it comes down to the, you know, just kind of, I, I feel like what they're going for there is like raising a boy is hard. Because boys yeah. learn differently than girls. School is set up for girls. Sit, yeah. listen, digest, right? Um, you know, the, the part of like standing up for yourself to bullies is really is a really important message. I mean, like we've all like every parent whose kid isn't a bully has a story about their kid standing up for someone else. Right. For the most part. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I have that. And like, that was a, that was a very delicate tightrope to walk with her. Um, because it's like, sometimes you just have to tell a teacher, you can't always be getting in someone's face. Um, mm-hmm. and then when she was bullied and we had to go in, like I had the, the other parent was, you know, like, Oh, you just keep doing what you're doing. And then, you know, things happened. Um, but at the end of the day, like Jack stood up for Thomas in a way that Stacy yeah. didn't. And right. it's yeah. a shame that Thomas like wasn't sitting outside on a chair and got to hear that. Like I, that's, that's, that's the I, only thing yeah. I would have changed about that scene. Yeah. And I loved his story. The story he told about the bully when he was growing up right. who learned, had to learn a lesson. Yeah. He's like, he learned a valuable lesson. Yeah. And, and with boys, you fight and you become friends. You know how many times, like, go in elementary school, I fought with my best friends, like, fight, yeah. fight. Yeah. And then, like, after, at lunch, we did that. And then the next period, we're just like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then later on, just, like, making fun of it. Yeah, and then you're playing Nintendo the next day. Like, yeah. So. So, anyway, I don't know. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, I mean, I, this wasn't yeah. the best episode. I thought it was a good... Um, 
second episode coming off of what we had. Like, I think if this would have been the first episode, it'd been really interesting. You yeah, know, to, I, to I really start with just Ace on the Road like that would have been, yeah. you know, but instead of flashback. Yeah. But I think it worked. I I, I do it think it yes. worked. So, no, uh, yes, it absolutely anyway. worked. All righty. Let's uh, move on to our last topic. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk super long about this because uh, I don't I think either one I of didn't us like were it. really super up on this. Um, okay, so out of five, is she really Raylan's types? I two and a half. Oh, okay. I went two point seven eight, but I'm also a justified apologist, so um, <laughs> you know, there's that. So this was uh, "You Good," directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan, written by Elsa. Uh, I'm sorry, Issa Davis and Chris Prov- Provenzano. Uh, five point. Seven three mil uh, mil for the U.S. viewers, which is down about three hundred, uh, about four hundred million. No, exactly. Sorry, down exactly three hundred million. Thousand? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, sorry, three hundred thousand from last week. It's like, wow, that's a lot of viewers. So, but I mean, number three was the lowest at five hundred sixty million. So. You know, it's kind of like, all, oh, no, I'm sorry. The premiere was the lowest at 493,000. Uh, oh, wait, why am I saying that? Anyway, no. So, f- anyway, all right. Uh, so, Raylan wakes up and, and finds himself in, in Carolyn's bed. Um. And then she's like, you can't talk about this. And he's like doing his little Raylan, like schoolboy thing. And uh, he goes outside and finds a guy named Jamal. Uh, worthless character. Good grief. Completely like, unnecessary. That, uh, that whole subplot with Jamal and yeah. Carolyn. Amen is... Joseph was the actor. I don't think I've ever seen him anything. I don't think I care to see him anything in, anymore. We don't need another antagonist on this show. Yeah. I it was a holy and I understand they're trying to give they what they're wanting to do is give more background on Carolyn. Sure. It doesn't matter. We don't care. We don't she, You know who's important? It's Raylan. Raylan and Clement. And Clement that's it sweetie you know and you don't we don't need and sweetie yeah we don't need the background and the what the trials of the other characters yeah. unless I don't know, it like wendell directly. i think wendell works so yeah but, but. she it, it doesn't matter with her and right. again it, this wasn't that wasn't the only issue i had but mm-hmm. that was like the one where it, it just i didn't like the flow of this episode yeah uh I, it was the jamal stuff that was the problem. Yeah, like it, it every really time they started yeah, going it, there, like they brought him in and he's like, you want to fight? You want to go? You're in our restaurant. You came to my house. Like, you know, like you pay for this. And, and she's like, no more, you know, uh, no more alimony for you. You know, it's just, yeah. And like, she's pretty corrupt. Well, I was just going to say the only interesting thing with her, with her storyline, this episode was that she actually took a look at the book Mm -hmm. and how is she going to use that to get her judgeship? Yeah, because she's jealous that the other lady, you know, 
Um, I, the Raymond Cruz stuff was interesting, you know. Uh, although I did find it weird when he's like, you know, I'm here to talk about Clement Manziel, and he's like, "Who's that?" It's like this was the case that you retired from. Yeah, like that was that. Was, it was just really weird, um, you know. And then. Uh, it comes out that he killed a guy who was reaching for a bottle opener and, you know, just like, I, it, like you said, it was all over the place. It was like, almost like, uh, we needed Raylan's daughter back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we don't need Raylan's daughter back. Um, I don't know. I like after last week with the way it ended with Manzel and sweetie dancing and then, how adversarial they were at the diner to each other. Uh, David Cross didn't work as Burt Dickey. There's no way, there's no way a guy like David Cross is like even at all standing up to negotiate with them. You know, no way, no way, none. But I, I did like uh, Clement, how he, he went back and got the painting. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. I think I I I hope this is not uh where this is going to go. And it's a uh, it's an outlier. Yeah, because overall we've 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 enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I think it's, overall it's been it's, it's been a solid it, it was a solid first four episodes. Uh here we are at the dab smack middle of the series with episode 5. We've got 3 to go. Yeah. So again, you can have an one episode like this. Yeah. It's it's not ideal even like with a with such a short season, but still as it did move it it did move the storyline about the book mm-hmm. forward because now that Caroline is using that or it looks like she's right. going to use it, it adds more to the story. So I will give this this that. It did yeah. do that. But I do. I still want to see more scenes with Raylan and Clement because they yeah. they're just so good together. I yeah, just, I mean they they're they're, so they're really good. good like, why, I mean, why are you introducing Jamal at this point in the series? Yeah, like this should have yeah, been. I the, mean, yeah. the, the 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 Apex Mountain episode of the series, and then it's all screaming towards the finale that is most likely just knowing, just guessing how these writers are is going to be, uh, you know, a shootout. Like, you know, Raylan's going to have to draw. So. Yes. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have much more to say about it. Yeah, I I don't either. Again, I'm still going to watch next week. I'm still excited for next week. It's just this was a down down week. Like halfway through, I started doing other things. You know, looking up from my phone or doing something around the house. Yeah. Listening to it. But it just did not capture my interest. Unlike the other ones and unlike heels. Yeah. Did. Like heels, I was stuck to watching it. I wasn't doing anything else. So Absolutely. When I start doing that, when I start looking at my phone, or if I start like reading an article or something else when I'm watching a show, that means that episode did not catch me. Yeah, agreed. But I do hope. I think it, it's just kind of like a one-off. I'm really hoping it's a one-off, and it's not because there is still some good stuff that could happen down yeah. the road. All right. Well, on that note, anything else you want to add? No. All right. Just... Oh, uh, I do have one thing to add. Uh, we are going to be off next week. I have to go to Florida for a funeral. 
Um, and I would be gone during prime, like recording slash watching stuff time. And I don't really want to do episode 399, like as a one, like a one off for me or Daryl, um, as we get oh, to the 400 yeah. episode. So yeah. we will be off next week. Uh, so yeah, there's that. But, uh, Alrighty then. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week, and we will talk to you later. See ya. DFS Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Later. <laughs>